0: Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast, Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops, and here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine.
1: Miss Stacey Rose, Stacey, how are you
0: doing? Uh, I'm all right, yourself?
1: I'm not too shabby, are you um, You've kind of fending off any potential zombies that's coming out through this end of the world?
0: Where I'm from is full of them, so it's something <laughs> that I'm used to, uh, yeah, no, we're all right uh... here, I think.
1: Wow. I mean, there's, there's shitting on your own doorstep, and then there's, there's that. I mean. I,
0: well, if you were from where I'm from, you'd understand.
1: <laughs> Give everyone a, like, a little taste. So, where is it you actually come from? Because I know we said before this podcast started, you're, you've you got a, a twang of a Scouse accent, but your accents vary from different places.
0: Um, yeah, I'm from a town called Ellesmere Port, which is just south of liverpool and um, basically the other side of the river i can wave at speak airport uh, liverpool john lennon airport from where we are if i go close enough to the river and um, but um it's probably one of those areas that Scales has look down on i would suppose i'm a wool as it were
1: is, you know. is this where the woolly back comes from now i've heard this before and i did not know what it meant Right, yeah.
0: So, um, Woollyback is somebody who's from, um, I suppose, the Merseyside region, but not actually from Liverpool. Um, so, say, from here, although t- south of the river, they tend to call those plastic scousers, but I'm not entirely sure what the difference is. Um, but yeah, Woollyback is like from here, St. Helens, Southport, anywhere that's sort of like around Liverpool, but not
1: actually Liverpool. Right. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm. I don't know all that much about Liverpool, so I'm learning as we go along, which that can't be bad, can it? Let's be honest.
0: Well, no. Education is important, and that's what we're here to provide.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're starting off early as well, aren't we? <laughs> right. So we're we'll, we'll, we'll you going to chuck you in the right at the deep end. Give us a little introduction. So you've been because you've been in this business longer than I have you kind of fly under the radar a lot of the time and I've been one of your biggest supporters. I've told you that a million times. I see Sherry Martell in you quite a bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But you do fly under the radar with people sometimes. And sometimes I think like you've, for whatever reason you've been dealt a bit of a bad hand at times. So could you give us a clue as an, an insight into who Stacey Rose is, what she's doing And your sort of current state of the uh, affairs with the business at the minute?
0: Yeah, so um, Stacey Rose, the manager, and you've said it yourself, Sherry Martell's a big influence. um, Managerially, I probably look at Sherry and like Bobby Heenan the most, um, especially because I've worked my entire career up to this point as a heel. Um, At this point, um she's gone through a lot of evolutions but she's like a power hungry um manipulator I kind of um a couple of years ago I didn't kind of realize who she was until Foxy Matt uh, Fox turned around and said she was a bit Lady Macbeth oh and I thought Do you know what that's probably what I'm going for without realizing it um because I was a theater kid so know familiar with Shakespeare and and whatnot Um, (laughs) somewhat Um, so yeah I guess she's sort of that in the same way that Lady Macbeth sort of stood behind Macbeth and she was telling him what to do and convincing him to like do you know the murder and all the rest and then um, because she wanted to benefit from it and she was also slightly insane.
1: I'm 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 not gonna lie to you. I, I I did not make that connection until you just pointed it out, and I said I'm I'm the same as you. I went to to drama school and drama college and did a lot of Macbeth and a lot of Shakespeare, and it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I say, I didn't make that connection until uh, Matt pointed it out. Um, yeah, but yeah, it makes the most sense, I guess, if if you were going to compare Stacey Rose to anybody.
1: That's amazing. I mean, there is definitely... Um, I mean, it's a guess you've seen Breaking Bad?
0: No. What? I'm so bad at watching TV shows. I have a long list that people have told me to watch. And <laughs> I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. Yeah, I mean, Jack Sinclair hates me for it because he's constantly suggesting stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just never, never get round to it. Oh,
1: my God. I mean, you must have seen surely tiger king is is either on the list or have you seen it already
0: i've seen the first three episodes so i've just got up to the episode where they're talking about carol baskin's uh, husband who went missing
1: <laughs> just
0: finished that episode
1: <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, obviously if you do get around to breaking bad which is one of the, one of the greatest tv shows that's ever been uh, ever made um there's some comparisons to shakespeare um especially with with Macbeth that um Walter's kind of Macbeth he kind of rises up from nothing goes too far and turns into the ultimate bad guy right
0: okay Um,
1: his wife Skylar she kind of gets compared to Lady Macbeth where she's kind of against what he's doing it then she's backing him then she's pushing him into it and then her conscience starts fighting against her so, being a you know a Shakespeare fan, I definitely move Breaking Bad towards the top of your list. You might, if you watch a few episodes and it doesn't sink in yet, that's fine. But do stick with it; it will hook you. And I okay. think that the Shakespeare connection—I uh, really hope that when you see it, it kind of um, kind of shows it to you, and you kind of get the connection with that.
0: All right. Okay. Yeah. I'd Probably bump that up to the top of the list then.
1: So we're so we're, we're talking. What year we're talking that you attended your first sort of training training class training school?
0: Um. So my first training session was in September two thousand and seven. So I think that's probably roughly around the same time as you,
1: ish. Yeah, yeah I, I think mine was May two thousand and seven. So yeah, I've got a couple couple months on you, but
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, September two thousand and seven. Um, obviously, started training to be a wrestler, and, and I'm wrestling again now. But I was a, I was a manager for a long time, because um, it, it was just one of those things. I guess I just sort of fell into the role quite comfortably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, judging by your sort of tone of voice, because I mean, pretty much everyone who gets into this business to wrestle. No one ever says, I really want to be a ref. I, I know you're wrong, refereeing is a very important job, but we all want to wrestle. And for whatever reason, we get pushed to the sideline. We're not big enough. We're too big. We're this, we're that. We're not this, we're not that. And we end up doing other stuff. I kind of, I was way too thin, and I got pushed into the gobby shit house manager role because, and this is the direct quote from the promoter and trainer, you're a good dickhead in a suit. Uh, which at the time was a compliment. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it still remains a compliment. I, I, I don't know. I mean, was was that something that, so I'm guessing Andy Baker was the head trainer at that point, or was it someone else?
0: Yeah, it was Andy Baker at RWA. And it, it's still Andy Baker. Um, yeah, uh, it was my own decision to sort of, I, I was having some issues at the time and um, to sort of stop rest like i just stopped physically training but i was still kind of hanging around because like i loved being around wrestling and uh, they were using me initially as like an interviewer sort of chat show host anyway yeah. um i had a couple of matches um had some like mental health issues and i stopped sort of physically training but he um it was uh, dj king um, oh,
1: yeah.
0: who um suggested that I become his manager uh, to Andy and Andy was fine with that so I just kind of fell into that role and um, yeah here we are today.
1: I mean so uh, what is it about now with this because you say you've started wrestling a bit more now what's changed uh, in the meantime?
0: Um, Well last year it was early last year I just kind of got this this burst of inspiration I don't know whether it was because I'd started watching new things or whether uh I remembered that I was getting close to 30 and I started panicking Um, (laughs) but something happened at the beginning of last year and I was like do you know what let's let's just give it another go like what the worst thing that happens is I stop wrestling again do you know what I mean I've not really got anything to lose and um yeah just this time I've kind of stuck with it a bit more
1: because so, i mean there's definitely some like some cruelty of ill mixed in with sherry martel whenever i've seen you you've got a there's a like a power hungry streak in you that i don't see in a lot of people because lots of heels do the power hungry kind of deal or mm. i don't always see the staying power of other people they'll swap and change it for other kind of they might change it for greed or they might change it for this might change it for that yeah. whereas The Stacey Rose character, for me, whenever I've seen it, you've got a lot of staying power. You know what it is that you you want. You don't swap and change. And I think that's probably going to be one of your strengths. Whenever you hang up the boots, hang up the suits, whatever you're going to hang up after all this, the microphone, this, that, the other. If I was you, I'd be very complimentary towards myself that you've been a very consistent bad guy.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, I, I think... You know, that's why she kind of, um, I mean, that's why any manager would switch clients, isn't it? Because if they view one client as like, okay, they're not doing so well anymore, or they're not doing what I want them to do now, then um, they will just move on to the next one. Because I suppose to a degree, being a manager would also be about managing the person who's going to make you the most money. Like the more money that they earn by winning and by going up the card and winning titles, they would... You could charge them more because they're making more money.
1: I see. It's a, I mean? like the way you think. I also kind of think that um, anyone that, that becomes a manager, if they wanted to wrestle and for whatever reason it didn't happen, and they end up becoming a man, manager, they might enjoy it, but it's not their. <clears throat> it's not their. of so it wasn't their main dream. If you're being a manager, surely your the base of your character is the fact that. You want that gold. You want to wrestle, but for whatever reason you can't do it. You're not getting that opportunity. So whoever you're managing, you're like that over-controlling parents that pushes their kids into yeah. into beauty pageants and swimming competitions, horse riding, and all that sort of bollocks.
0: Yeah, it's like you're living
1: a pushy parent.
0: Like you're trying to live your dream through them,
1: sort of that's, thing. That's yeah. That's what can't What it's called, but yeah, that that is perfect.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that there's there's a bit of that. And I, I think with people who, um, um generally speaking, because obviously everyone, like you say, wants to be a wrestler, that's how they tend to get into it. Um, although I have met a few people who've gone in it purposely to be like a referee or whatever. Um, I think that, you know, not everyone's going to make it. And, you know, you'll know yourself, wrestling's not easy. Like, I started wrestling knowing that it was going to be hard. And then it was even harder than I thought it was going to be. And I think, you know, if if more people sort of accepted where their weaknesses were and sort of like, you know, oh, well, I could do refereeing instead because I love this business,
1: you you know,
0: I think some people might get on a bit better. Yeah, I'm I'm,
1: I'm very much with you on that. I mean, uh, if, if I'm ever at a show... And uh, I'm trying to try not to name names, but I was announcing an unstoppable wrestling show. I think it would have been last uh, July, August, September, somewhere in, in that kind of thing. And the promoter wanted me to announce the show and then run up onto the stage and to do commentary as well. So I'm running, I'm running around like like a you know blue arse flag, like trying to do all these different jobs and all this sort of stuff. And by the by the time the interval came up, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. This is, this is kind of taking the piss. I'm not good at commentary anyway. Commentary is a very difficult job.
0: Yeah. So I
1: got um, Barry Draper from the back that was going to be on commentary in the main event anyway. And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm just going to take a bit of control on this one. Barry, do me a favor, mate. You're good on commentary early. I mean, he, he was kind of resisting. No, no, I'm a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. I'm just here to commentate on my brother's match. I said, that's cool. But let's get you some more experience. And he was really resistant, and I'm quite pushy anyway. You yeah.
0: Might you might
1: <laughs> you might it's the only way to get anything done, you know. Yeah. So I was like, look, you're gonna do it anyway, just give it a go. Even if you're crap, you're trying something new. And you're gonna be on commentary later anyway. Get a few matches under your belt before your brothers, which is more the important one. And yeah. it kind of struck a chord with him and and he came up to me after the end of the show, he said, dead, dead nervous. He had big sweat patches under his armpits, which was a bit grim. But he loved the opportunity. And he said, you know what, I actually, after the first couple of matches, quite enjoyed it. It might be something I could look into doing a little bit more when I'm not wrestling. I could do a bit of commentary. Yeah. And well, it's like just from give something a try, you know, believe in yourself that you can do other stuff.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Chris Jericho's just done it. I don't know if you've watched um, AEW Dynamite lately, but um, because they struggled to get people in for, like, the entire commentary team in, uh, Jericho jumped onto commentary with Tony Schiavone.
1: <laughs>
0: and he did, like, an amazing job. He didn't have any matches on the show. He was just on uh, commentary for the entire show. And now everybody's gone, oh, well, Jer- when Jericho retires, he should well do commentary because he was amazing. Uh, Jericho... As Jericho gets closer to retirement, I mean, who knows when he'll retire? Because he's still he's still so good, yeah. but maybe he's opened up another sort of doorway for him for when he does physically retire.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very much with that. I mean, like if, there's there's no way that he wasn't going to be at least semi decent because he's a great talker, anyway. He's he's obviously very creative. I mean, he's, he's reinvented himself so many times. It, it's it's obscene. Um, yeah. Like, where, where do you stand on doing other roles in wrestling? So you've done a bit of wrestling. You've done, obviously, a lot of managing and valet and call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, refereeing, commentating, announcing? What do you, what do you reckon?
0: Um, I, think, I think I'd like to give commentary a try. Um, I don't know on which side of commentary I would sit, because on the one hand, I feel like there'd be a lot of pressure doing colour commentary, because that's where you've got to be entertaining. But on the other hand, I'm quite prone to forgetting what moves are called when I'm watching <laughs> matches. And um, I would probably call something the wrong thing out of panic, or I'd just say, like, oh, they've done that that thing, the, the flippy thing. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm not entirely sure that's the way to go.
1: It, it, I, I'm, I'm going to do you a little favour. At some point in the year... Um, I'm gonna put you on commentary with Magic Mark because, <laughs> okay. um, like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was, I was on with um, kieran Moran. I love kieran to bits. He's like a little dopey younger brother, um, and I could kind of boss him around a little bit. He'd be like the JR to my Paul Heyman. I was just there to needle the hell out of him, and right. um, I could pick on him and probably bully him, which is I probably shouldn't admit on a podcast. <laughs> but I could because he just, he, just wouldn't, he wouldn't put up with my shit. Whereas Magic Mark, he's so goddamn good that you just you get nervous around him, but he won't ever shit on you. Right. He'll, he'll always bring you up. So even if you're a bit nervous, if you're a bit this, bit that, being put on with Magic Mark, he'll instantly make you better.
0: Right, okay.
1: So at some uh- point, we'll find a way to get you guys together to do commentary. And okay. you'll, just, you'll find um, some natural fit for, for for what you do, whether it's colour, whether it's this, whether it's that, the other. I think you're never stuck for words to say. So I don't see being being on commentary would be that difficult for you.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, Bobby Heenan did commentary as well, didn't he? So that's one of the people I sort of look up to. So
1: channel I mean, your inner weasel
0: channel my inner weasel yes
1: I've, I've never said that to a woman before and <laughs> it's it's all good it's all good It makes it's in wrestling it makes sense
0: Yeah, we, we understand what you mean
1: yeah i mean I, I get emails from people with the title say ring job on it yeah so you are like if anyone goes through my inbox it looks a bit dodgy till you realize it's about a wrestling ring but
0: yeah
1: yeah okay. in, in, in this business it makes sense
0: uh, yeah, I think if anybody from outside the wrestling business sort of came into it, who had like no prior knowledge of it, came into it for like a week or whatever, I think their heads their heads would be blown off from some <laughs> of the things that we say and some of the things that they'll probably perceive as dodgy. Which is whereas they're like, no, no, that's perfectly normal.
1: I had a uh, I had a friend. I think you might have met her. She was working the the door when you come down to work for us at the start of February. A uh, blonde lady, she's a wrestling fan and she was literally just coming along to help out. But due to obviously the wrestling business being what it is, people dropped out and I needed her to work on the doors. So she was there nice and early and she was just watching all of us, how we talk to each other, how we put the shows together, how yeah. we can sw- swap and change an entire show at the drop of a hat and it will make sense to us. And yeah. she, she said, like, it blew her head up that the fact that we can just do this.
0: Yeah. And then once the bell rings, it just goes,
1: yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's, I don't know any other business like the wrestling business where we, we can just, we can swap and change. We don't need a meeting about a meeting. We don't need HR to intervene. We can just do it.
0: Yeah and then I think everyone like walks around backstage like a blue ass fly before a show like uh, promoters do like I, I know you run around like a blue ass fly um, uh-huh. and then wrestlers like in my case when I'm managing someone I'll be like floating around but as they're planning the match I'll be like okay I can take this second to go and do something else because they're talking about a particular spot and then the next thing I'll hear like Lance shouting Stace come here a second so I'm back over and I'm like what can you do that yeah okay that's fine and the next thing you've had your match and it's over and you're like
1: "Eh." exactly i mean you spend hours sometimes weeks planning we swap and change matches we swap and change orders on the card we add people we take people out and then all that for eight to ten minutes yeah crazy i mean this business it's the best and weirdest thing in the world
0: yeah Sure. Well, I
1: wouldn't, well, I, but i wouldn't change it i like that we can just get shit done we don't need hr or meetings about meetings and all the corporate world stuff leaking into what we do we can just fucking do it we can entertain we can swap and change someone gets injured we need to change it on the fly we just do it
0: yeah well i think that chair one in um, february somebody dropped out and, and this is the importance of people trying to get to as many shows as they can. I just happened to bring RJ Silver with me because he lives nearby, and uh, he was there. Someone dropped out, and I remember you turning around to him, and you just went, you got your gear? And he went, yeah. And that was it. He was on the show.
1: And he was in the main event of all things against our person for champ, which is, it's nuts, and it's, it really is nuts. just opportunity, just being in, being in the, uh, the promoters' view and saying, can we do anything? You know what? Yeah. yeah. I've never had a show that's gone 100% to plan. We've always had a dropout. We've always had a, someone's running late, someone's doing a double, so they need to be on first, need to be on last, need to go on right before the interval so they can get in their gear into another car and go off to another show in Birmingham. I've never done a show that's gone completely unchanged. So if there's people there to help just being on security, tearing tickets, tearing raffle tickets, Get, get in your gear, get in the back. We need you.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. So, um, obviously, you've been in this business 13 years.
0: Uh, close, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Coming up to sort of 13 years. Um, is, so, obviously, managing has been your sort of bread and butter
0: mm-hmm. yeah. for, the most,
1: for the most part. Is there anyone, because I know you do, you create magic with Lance Rivera. I absolutely love that pairing. Uh, I've not seen you manage uh, Jack Sinclair in person. I've seen footage, I've seen pictures, but I don't my knowledge. I've never seen it in in person. Is there anyone that you've managed over the years that, I'm sure you've had plenty of good working relationships with people, but is there any that you've managed them, say, once, and you've gone, don't put me with that person ever, ever again, for whatever reason. You don't have to necessarily give the reason why, or you can leave some names out and you can give the reason that'd be completely up to you. But is there anyone you've gone, will like I chalk and cheese? Don't put us together. It's horrendous. Um,
0: there was there was one guy. Um, this is going back quite a few years, RWA. Um I was part of a tag team and he sort of politicked his way into the tag team, kind of made it a faction. Yeah. Um, I don't I remember all three. I, um, it the tag team was the A-lister, and I remember when we got told that he was joining us, all three of us kind of looked at each other like, What? But it's wrestling, you just kind of go with it. Um, and it was it was fine, it changed the dynamic, and I wasn't overly you know enthusiastic about it, but it was it was fine at first, and then eventually we um we turned on one of the guys, at AC Cage. Um, cause he was having a baby face run before he retired. Yeah. Um, so we get to the day of his actual retirement match as part of the match. I'm taking his finish towards the end of it, you know, cause big heel manager. Yeah, yeah. Takes the bump, gets the pop, whatever. Um, and this, this guy had a match earlier on in the card. Uh, Cage's match was the main event and he asked me to, um, take a bump off the apron. You know, typical get up on the apron, maybe. Yeah. I think it was like he accidentally hits me off or whatever. So I said, uh, well, no, because I'm taking this bump for Cage later. It's his retirement, big low off, just sort of went, you know, said no and explained why. Because um, you didn't want to take away from that bump later on down the card. Because yeah, yeah. If, if you bump early on, it sort of takes away because the crowd have already seen it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and he just went off at me like because I wouldn't take this bump and I'd like you know dug my heels in I was like no I'm not doing it um and I I, it's one of them you forget like when you've had an argument with someone you forget what was said but the one thing he did say that always stuck out in my mind and I have forever thought he was a prick after this sorry (laughs) my French eating right and you wonder why managers get no respect
1: Oh I was like,
0: mate, no, you did not just say that to me. <sighs> and, um, I don't think I, I didn't, we didn't work together for very long after that. I think not long after that, the tag team split up, like literally one or two shows later.
1: Yeah.
0: But, um. oh, yeah, I was not happy after that. I think yeah, he's probably the only person I've managed who I've actually
1: had an issue with. Um, are we, we going to name him, do you reckon?
0: oh uh, no i'll spare him Fair if
1: he's enough. listening
0: he, if he's listening he'll know who he is and Fair. the people who were around at the time will know who he is so
1: yeah things <laughs> i it's and like i I've, I've blown plenty of smoke up your ass especially recently because we've got you on board and uh and i do look at managing like it's a lost art yeah it's, yeah i grew up late so late 80s early 90s and you'd have Bobby Heenan, you'd have Jimmy Hart, you'd have Slick. And nearly every heel and you know, quite a few of the faces, they nearly all had a manager. And the manager kind of had three or four, five, whatever wrestlers under their own stable. And that's how I grew up watching wrestling. A lot of the heels didn't do They had managers. And I do, until this day, until I fucking die, will look at managing like it's a lost art. Yeah. Um, and I've told you this in person and I'm going to put you over on the podcast as well. You've kept that up. So I do have to give you a lot of credit because a lot of people like that guy that said to you, well, you're managing and it is whatever and he, he's taking a big shit on it
0: yeah it's
1: a a lost art if you get it right and you know how to do it and do it properly you can incite riots and I know that because I've incited riots
0: (laughs) yeah uh, well thanks very much um I, I feel like there is almost like a resurgence happening now yeah and um it's, it, I watch a lot of AEW, by the way. <laughs> and I think they have a lot to, Um, although you do see it in WWE as well with like Zelina Vega and stuff. Um, but I think WWE, uh, not WWE, uh, AEW with them bringing in Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake and Tully Blanchard, um, all those like managers, I think you are starting to see a
1: resurgence. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's a different kind of manager. It's more a, like, mentor manager, because a lot of these are inactive now. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't say Jake or Arn or anybody like that should be should be taking bumps. I'm sure they can take uh, a hit or two, but in terms of what you know, Slick or Jimmy Hart would have done, bouncing, especially Jimmy Hart, bouncing all over the place. Uh, Bobby Eenan doing his, his uh, weasel thing uh with the ultimate warrior chucking him all around the place um i probably wouldn't say any of these people should be taking any bumps, but yeah i can i can definitely see there's definitely something in that that they're coming in being it more of a mental manager yeah um yeah but it'd be nice just to see younger people in the business wanting to be in that role
0: yeah because i think the other side of it you get now as well is um Uh, Like Zelina Vega, people who she's predominantly a manager in WWE, um, but she is also a wrestler, so she'll occasionally wrestle matches. You don't really get anyone who's like purely a manager anymore. I know, I mean, that that makes me a hypocrite because I'm kind of doing the same thing. I I think if like one of the big companies turned around and was like, uh, Stacey, we want to hire you, but we don't want you to wrestle, we just want you to manage someone, anyone, um we'll talk about it i'd be like yeah all right
1: because uh, yeah
0: that's that's you know i, I just want to be in the business do you know what i mean
1: that's amazing i mean i think if there's anyone that could sort of teach people a lot so i'll, I'll, I'll um, put you on the spot a little bit if you could give one piece of um, advice to a young upstart manager someone that just wanted to manage they came to you said stay I want to be a manager, I don't want to wrestle, I don't want to ref, I don't want to do any of this other sort of stuff. I just want to be a really good manager. What tips have you got for me? What would you give them? What would you what would you what would what would you give them and what would you tell them to stay away from?
0: Um I'd tell them uh, like learn to take a bump. You are gonna have to learn to bump because it's really, it's really useful. Um because you never know, not just like for planned spots, but um you never know when you're gonna get hit accidentally and you're going to need to sell it because that's what you do so you need to have some kind of physical training I think even if you only do like a handful of sessions uh, every now and then just so you're making sure your bumps are you're bumping properly I'd say know what kind of manager you want to be whether you want to be a loudmouth like Jim Cornette or uh, Jimmy Hart or whether you want to be more like a Sherry or a Bobby or if you're more happy if you're happier to be more of the valet type like a Sonny do you know what I mean yeah Um. the other thing if you're going to choose who you're with make sure that you suit each other yeah like like Paul Heyman suits Brock Lesnar whereas somebody like Jimmy Hart probably wouldn't
1: yeah, like a Zelina Vega with Brock Lesnar wouldn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, because it's too different. <clears throat> you've, you've got to think about whether those people would be sort of attracted in real life if it was a real life scenario.
1: I'm so glad you've said that.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it's one thing missing. If, if I do see people managing and I say, okay, why why are you a manager? And they've not got an answer for me. They go, well, I, I mean, well, I like to do shows and they just... give give me why is your character a manager what what are they getting from managing that they're not getting elsewhere why are they with that person why aren't they with that person that person this person Them. whatever and that's not that's not really put into people's thought processes they just oh i'm a manager because i own a suit god damn it
0: I mean, I you you've probably you're probably the same as me. You've seen some bloody awful managers. Um, I saw the,
1: the nine year old manager. That was the worst.
0: I I think the worst manager I probably ever saw was for a company in Wales that I can't remember what they're called. But he was like it I don't think he did half arse it, but if you were in the audience, you'd have thought he half arsed it. Cause he was wearing like a suit jacket but then like I, I think his bottoms didn't like match the suit jacket and then yeah. so that was already kind of confusing and th- there's another tip if you're a manager you don't have to wear a suit wear whatever you're comfortable with wear whatever your character would be comfortable with it doesn't have to be a suit
1: i like it i like it
0: yeah just, uh, it, it's just putting thought into it because i think we all have that initial thought of oh, i want to be on the shows i'll be a manager then but then you've got to put some thought into that character as much as you would put your thought into your wrestling character. Yeah. Uh, you've, got,
1: you've got less scope because you're doing less in the ring, but you still need a reason. Like um, the, the When the, the road dog was the roadie in, what, like 1995 for Jeff Jarrett, he didn't wear a suit. He had white towel over his shoulder. He had sunglasses and a hat. He had... Um, Uh, bottles of water and he stayed out of sight that was the one thing about him doing that that blew my mind he was a manager but didn't advertise he'd stay hidden kind of below the level of the ring until he was needed he'd sneak out do a bit and then he wouldn't do the typical manager walking off I don't know what you mean ref he'd sneak (laughs) off
0: Uh, I do that I do that all the time that like what you're (laughs) about over here
1: (laughs) you know there will be like 10 different spots that you've probably used since day one you've you've already mentioned one i call it the chuckle brother where you're holding the, the baby face in the ropes you're up on the apron you're holding them in the ropes your guy charges at them they move and you get hit you get knocked wherever you get knocked call it the chuckle brother because he's just a typical chucker brother kind of act there'll be yeah. 10 different things that you'll know go okay cool i'm over you. You ain't, you ain't gonna tell me i know exactly that bit you come charging at me towards the ropes i'm gonna sweep your legs and i'm gonna tell the ref they tripped over my watch because it's a rolex
0: yeah or <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the other variation of that where you almost get knocked off but like your wrestler will stop themselves and you go, phew, that was close. And then they turn around into like a finisher or something. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so the, the best one, see, I can't really talk to anyone else about this because again, there's not that many managers. This is where, again, I hold you in such a uh, high esteem. Uh, I did a, did that spot, did the Chukka Brothers spot in a place called Bids in Stoke. It's the biggest shithole in the world. Um, no idea who, who I was managing or even who we were against. Can't remember, but we'd organized that I was holding the face in the ropes, the heel charges at me, he moves, he, not, he hits into me. And I was quite nimble at this point. I was going to chuck myself backwards, land on a table, like a real table, but do like a Hollywood roll over it. So I'd land on it with a bit of a front bump. So my feet hit the floor, I'd front bump onto the table, make a bit of a noise, push myself up roll over the table, and lie on the bonquette seating that was the other side. No one was sat there. Brilliant spot. On the day, trying to in my shorts, fine, because I can turn. In my suit, I can't turn for shit. <laughs> so as, I, as he comes at me, he hits me. I, I chuck myself back, can't turn. I hit my scythe on the side of the table. I roll over it. I'm lying there windy, I can't can't breathe. And heard this dead, dead sweet little seven or eight year old girl go, Maybe fucking dies. <laughs> oh, um, kid,
0: kids are the best, aren't they?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is why I prefer dogs, go in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been there with the outfits, obviously, for very different reasons. Like, I'll pick something nice. I'll be like, oh, do you know what? I'll wear this dress tonight. I've not worn this before. And then they'll want me to do a spot, and I'm like, my skirt's already up my ass. What What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> but then that's kind of on me, because I should I should be ready for such eventualities, because, again, wrestling business, you don't know what you're going to do when you get there.
1: I mean, that that's part and parcel of being in the business to be able to die so like we said early just write it on the fly completely change things and you know what sometimes if you get a little bit embarrassed like if you flash a bit of skin i'm sure with you at some point you've won a dress that might have even ridden up or you might have ripped at some point over the past 13 years something uh, like that
0: yeah people have seen my knickers loads of times in fact at the show that i worked for you in february uh jess got uh, was it jess doing photography it was wasn't it uh yeah, yeah it was yeah, she got a lovely upskirt shot of me uh, when I'm sat on the stage with Lance. Um, it's one of the ones where I'm having a go at him at the end of the match, and it's uh, in the same set as like the one where he's looking at the camera.
1: I love that picture so much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It, it, it's bad. I've not seen that picture of your undies. Is that good? Or is that bad? I don't. I. I don't. I don't even know anymore. I, I don't
0: know. It's out there off. somewhere. <laughs> So shout out to Jess for that, I suppose. Um,
1: I mean, she gets herself in some weird predicament. So yeah, shout out to Jess for that one. Fantastic photographer. If anyone's listening to this that needs a photographer, seek her out. She's absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, what name is she going under for people to find her?
1: Oh, bloody uh, hell.
0: Scully J, I think, on Instagram.
1: Yeah, Scully J. I mean, is her name Jess? Is it Jaker? Is it JCA? I, I don't even know.
0: I don't know. Let us
1: know, Jess. Yeah, Jess. If you ever listen to this, dear, give us a little shout because it's yeah, we're we're simple folk. What what can we say?
0: We're trying to put you over here, love.
1: (laughs) So speaking of really good people, you must have travelled up and down the country at some point or another. Have you got any sort of uh, either really good or really bad road trip and or shenanigan stories that you could share with us that won't get people sacked or dumped or (laughs)
0: <laughs> um,
1: Otherwise.
0: i don't know i tend to have really boring road trips if i'm honest um there was a one time when um, i was working for sax at, at uh, bwp and you know what it's like when you're trying to get to anywhere working for sax because he's in north wales and yeah. you're having to drive through the hills um, there is one road that um we affectionately refer to as mordor because <laughs> it, that's it, it. It feels like you're going through Helms Deep. Yep. Um. Because uh, it's like that a really steep hill, and I remember it was we were driving to Denby once. so It was um, Daz Robinson, I think, driving. I think, uh, referee uh, Des Robinson, and yeah. he. It, it, I think it had been snowing and all sorts, and we're trying to get to this place, and we're trying to drive up hills. And the car's not going very far up the hill because there's so many people in it. And um, that was a bit of a nightmare. But I feel like that in comparison to people who talk about driving through Alaska and stuff, it just kind of pales in comparison and feels very, very boring. Yeah. Um, the most that I I sort of, um, I don't know, I just have very typical car journeys. You drive down the motorway stop at mackey's get a coffee or something <laughs> um yeah i'm sorry i don't have very many
1: stories no, to okay. tell. some people have got them and they don't want to tell them um i mean i'm used to riding with keith myatt so i'm kind of used to even oh you know what i've uh, fell have worked to big daddy before you know it's like, i know mate i know <laughs> I love Keith Mayer a bit. and don't you know, I, I, he's, he's up there as being one of the, the greatest human beings, not just wrestlers, but one of the greatest human beings in the world, because um, yeah. well, I've been around him for so long, I know all of his stories, and he tells them, and there's other young people in the car, and I have to just kind of, not tune out, but I know what the exact story he's going to tell, so I'm like, okay, fair enough, leave them to it.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm guessing, has he collared you with some stories before?
0: Keith Mayer? Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I think he probably has, but I've got a terrible memory for these things. So maybe if he tells the story again, I'll find it interesting because I've forgotten what it was the first time. Because so, I, I, I've got a shocking memory. People um, and Matt, Matt hates me for it because he'll be like, "Oh, you know when we did this match and then this thing happened and blah blah blah." And I'd be like, "Um, yeah, sure." And he's like, "Stacy, you were in the match," and I'm like, "Yeah, probably." And then and then he'll show me footage of it, and i will be like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, I I'm, I am
1: shocking." Maybe you you're just one of those people that needs like visual markers. You just need, like, a a recall system kind of deal?
0: Uh, Yeah, probably. I think, um, I mean, being a performing arts student, I suppose, it's it's one of those things because you're so used to learning things physically and visually, like written, work, um, reading. It was really never my thing. So maybe it is a visual thing, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't remember move names because I know them by what they look like rather than what they're called.
1: So could be. I mean, when I started with uh, BWA, the announcer had the live mic, and we didn't have commentary or anything like that. So he did commentary over the house PA while the show was on. Right, and yeah. He, and he didn't know any of the moves or anything. So we're trying to keep a straight face because we're doing some dastardly, heelish stuff. And he's got the most annoyingly nasal, and I know that me saying that is, is kind of hypocrite, but annoyingly nasal penguin-like stokiness that he'd make anything sound dead weird. So he wouldn't know the move names. You'd hit a sidewalk slam or a backbreaker and over the PA he'd come through with this really nasal, ow, that was a uh, interesting manoeuvre. <laughs> We'd be like this for the entire show. We didn't know the names of the moves. So you're just in the back going, come on, dude. God's yeah. sake. Uh, I kind of miss him but also really Fucking don't miss him. (laughs) He'll never listen to this, and I'm too sure if he's alive anymore. But Steve, I appreciated it if you do listen to this, but I very much doubt it anyway. God (laughs) damn it! Enough. I'm shitting on so many chips. I am so bad at this, but I like I do it when I go to shows now because I'm 13 years deep. I go to a show and I forget to have said hello to, and I've gone up and shaken the hand of a person three times. Have Anybody. I met
0: this person before? Do I know their name? I've done yeah. that before, where I've introduced myself to someone. I introduced myself to uh, Darren Potts a couple of years ago, um, because he was doing photography for one of the RWA shows. I was like, "Hi, I'm Stacey. Nice to meet you." He went, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we've met before." And just inside of you dies because you're like, yeah. "Oh no," because yeah. I mean, you meet that many people.
1: Yeah, that many people with that many names, that many gimmicks, and you can't remember them all. It's 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 impossible.
0: Yeah, my I'm I'm the same as you. Thirteen years deep. It's kind of like my mouth gets me into trouble because um, I'll I can I'm trying to be helpful most of the time, but I think because uh, I can be, you've probably seen me. I can be, I can be quite blunt when I want to be. Yeah, so,
1: it's, yeah, but- definitely a um. How do I put this right without offending you? Uh, there's, <laughs> occasionally, people have said she's got a very bit resting bitch face.
0: Oh, yeah. I've heard that a million times. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I think that's indeed, I think that's what the character should have, you know? So I think, no, no, she's, she's a method actor. She's getting into it, trust me.
0: <laughs> method. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it is. Um, but, yeah, my, my face just naturally falls that way, uh, which I suppose helps being a heel. Um, that I don't have to put that much effort into it.
1: But I wish more people concentrated on getting their voice and getting their face over pulling more facial expressions. Again, it's a lost art.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> especially people that are worrying too much about looking, looking good as well. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Sometimes I'll look at pictures from a show and I'll be like, I'll be like, oh my god, I look so ugly in that photo. But that ugly got over. So,
1: yeah, I, 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 on the uh, slight occasion I've wrestled, I've got my little, little medium, we'll call it medium, trunks on, uh, <clears throat> definitely medium. Um, and if I'm kind of doubled over, so like my stomach kind of hangs out a bit, I'll go, oh, wish that picture wasn't up. That's made me feel a bit like shit. Or yeah. you know what, people have a laugh at me dressing like, where's Wally, so, uh so
0: that's just what you think about isn't it at the time you're thinking about the crowd and stuff you're not really too concerned with what you actually look like at the time exactly
1: you just want to give people just something funny to go and with and go you know what that that knob in a suit when when he lost or when he got put in a dress or when he had a bottle of water chucked at his crotch he look like he went himself really enjoyed that moment
0: yeah although the one look, the one thing um i suppose i kind of hate lance rivera for this because he looks good in every photo ever
1: yeah, he's 19. He's nineteen. Give him chance. He's not had a chance to grow a second chin yet. That old kicking a bit 21 later. Twenty-one next month. Well, it's, oh, god damn it! It's still... <laughs> I was talking to Disciple earlier, and I swear, Disciple said he was about twelve. So, we've got, well, a, we've sometimes... got, Dave. We've got Dave to thank for that one.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's uh he's nearly a man, as it were. Cool. Uh, tw- <laughs> 21 Next he knows he knows i'm joking he knows i love him really kind of
1: before we get into the round table questions i'm gonna to have to ask about uh, mr lance rivera so what is the age difference between you two
0: it's just short of 10 years
1: and i've said i know i've said this to you before but obviously for the purpose of people listening you're not in, a, in an actual couple with him
0: i'm not lance rivera's real life girlfriend no um because we get that a lot um although some wrestlers tend to put it a little less eloquently i.e uh, I, I, have you shagged stace yet it's like, <laughs> no no <laughs> it's not gonna happen um yeah there's 10 years between me and lance so yeah
1: I mean, again, this is one of those things that uh, me and uh, disciple were kind of discussing. He's got quite a bright future ahead of him if he plays his cards right. He's got whatever he wants for the future.
0: Yeah, he's definitely he's, he can be the full package. Do you know what I mean? Like I view him as the full package now. Do you know what I mean? Like the all round. But
1: you might want you might want to rephrase that, assuming you've been uh, discussing about you shagging him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: okay. Package, you he's, know. He's an all-rounder. Does that sound better? He's an Uh,
1: all-rounder. You're you're making that worse now.
0: Well, what do you want Uh, me to say, Phil?
1: What do you want me to say? I I don't know. I feel feel like I'm being told off by someone we've based uh, our version of you on. Hmm. At this point in time. (laughs) We'll we'll come on to that at a later date. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the fact that so many people um on the on the roster on the person few roster and in the fans as well asked me if you two are a legit couple and i didn't know because i am convinced either way if i am a betting man i love a bit of a gamble but i legit would not know what way to gamble if someone asked me are you two a couple you're that convincing now what do you put that down to are you both just that comfortable with each other are you both train together so you know what each other's like you travel together see so you know what each other's like you've got shared experiences what do you put that down to because it's very bloody convincing
0: um yeah i think sometimes i mean you just have chemistry with someone and that's really hard to fake
1: and yeah
0: although that chemistry is only well it isn't it is outside of wrestling as well in the fact that we are very good friends and we're like best friends I think it's just having that chemistry there, and you know when that chemistry is already there and you start to put on the act, then it's very easy to believe um, yeah. because we are that comfortable with each other as well. I mean, you've seen the way we banter backstage and stuff, and we're very rarely phased by each other um so yeah, I think it's it's just a mixture of being that comfortable with each other, being such good friends in real life and just having that natural performance chemistry together.
1: Yeah. I mean, I say like, so many people are convinced and so many people off the roster asking me, like, yeah, when you're sorting the wages out at the end of the show and they want to ask if the match was good, all this sort of stuff. More often than not, I swear that I had three people at that February show um, come up and say, so are Stacey and Lance a thing then? I was like, dude, I don't even know. I'm confusing myself now, because I thought they weren't, but they're really, really good at, at performing, so I don't know. And um, I think that's got to be a credit to you both, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the only time it would bite us in the arse if it, there was anyone fit asking you that, because... <laughs> Because I think if any, if if you came up to either me or Lance and they were like, oh, well, such and such was interested in you, but like, you know, they thought you were together. I think we'd both be really wounded. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no. um, No, I enjoy it. Lance is probably, I hope I don't offend anyone saying this. Lance is probably my favorite person that I've ever worked with. Maybe because that natural chemistry is there. I don't know. But yeah, and we're always very much on the we're very much on the same the uh, get me words out now very much on the same wavelength when it comes to wrestling itself. We watch a lot of the same things, and you know that's not to say we don't have differences. Like we can have different opinions on matches and storylines and stuff, but um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I've kind of been down the similar path with Dave Davecchio. I mean, I've managed him everywhere, and occasionally. People have said, "Oh, so you two, you're a uh, like, whoa!" <laughs> Do you know I'm what's fire. weird?
0: Do you know what's weird about that? Though I remember you coming up to me. I think it was you coming up to me backstage, um, and yeah, uh, because Lance and Dave had a match, and we yeah, were yeah. looking at them, and they were literally stood pulling the same poses, the same facial expressions, and it was literally like watching a dad and lad planning a match. Yeah.
1: If we ever tag them up, that's what we can call them, the the, the dad and his lad.
0: Dad
1: and lad. Yeah. I mean, mean, um, if if he is going down the Dave Direcchio route, I mean, Dave's late 20s now, so Lance, if you're listening to this, dude, you probably got about five or six years of really good hair before the... uh,
0: Well, I think well, do you know what? If you bring Jack Sinclair into the equation as well, he's he's gonna kill me for saying this, but Jack's got that part of Dave Del Vecchio covered. Yeah. So if 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 Jack and Lance did like a, a Dragon Ball Z style fusion dance, maybe they would form into Dave Del Vecchio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't oh, know. what a weird, weird mental image to picture the love child of Lance Rivera and Jack Sinclair. Oh, god damn.
0: Being
1: taped out I don't know if I want that as a mental image, but that's that's burned into my uh, into my mind at the minute. Oh god damn.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's fine. We're, we're gonna we're gonna skip past this bit uh, just to get us away from that mental image. I'm not gonna lie. So we're gonna jump straight into the round table questions. So we've taken some questions from the internet, from the dark side of the ring. Could shows like Total Divas, Total Ballers, that sort of thing, be detrimental to a female performer? Because, I th- again, I think this is why I'm, I'm a Charlotte Flair fan. She's a performer. She's a wrestler. And she can talk. She can wrestle. She ticks every box. But she refuses to do Total Divas, Total Ballers, that sort of stuff, where it shows women in quite a light-hearted sometimes quite catty quite mean girls quite bitchy quite unprofessional manner could this be doing women a disservice by going on to these kinds of shows um
0: potentially because i mean those shows are kind of work shoots anyway um same with like keeping up with the Kardashians, the Hills, all that sort of thing, where it's portrayed as real. But I don't – I would suspect that not all of it is real. Yeah. Um. So, uh, very possibly, because those kind of shows as well, they have a sort of uh, – like a, like a reputation. They're kind of like girly shows, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I suppose in that sense, maybe they are. But at the same time, people should be allowed to do whatever they want. If they want to do a reality show uh, like that, then they should be able to.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, because was just a question that got put to me. And it, it just never really occurred to me. And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, maybe showing a bit too much, like trying to be on every kind of show, trying to leave a little bit of something up to some mystique. Maybe yeah. maybe that, maybe that's a lost art these days.
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't think it necessarily needs to be kayfabe per se, but um, I think. I mean, the the Japanese wrestlers are. are um, I mean, whether they're asked to or not, I don't know. But they're very good at keeping their private lives private. Like yeah. I couldn't tell you who any of them are dating or anything, or who what their wives look like or anything like that. Um so maybe it is a case of um maybe just I think if it was me I'd like to keep it a little bit more private I wouldn't like to share everything although again that's up that's up to an individual how much they want to share and stuff I guess
1: yeah Yeah, I suppose I mean yeah it is one of those things so we have come to the final segment of the uh, of the podcast and again uh, I'm not going to try and trip you up by chucking some of these names at you but it is a little bit of fun I'm not going to lie to you so I'm going to chuck some names at you some from WWE some from RWA some from Pro Wrestling View some from the world over and I just want to kind of gauge your first words whenever I say these people so don't think about them too much I'll just chuck a aim at you just give me your first words okay I promise I'm not trying to make you lose bookings that's not what this is about <laughs>
0: Get me some heat there, brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I I've got myself in trouble, and then it's led it's led to better things. So, you know, I, I don't think it, nothing would be too bad in this list anyway. I think you'll be okay. Are you ready to start?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, babyface pitbull.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's ever watched babyface pitbull, they'll know that sound.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm so glad you said that fantastic matt fox
0: oh uh the first thing Ooh. that came into my head was x
1: because yeah.
0: he is my ex so yeah
1: yeah I, I wasn't gonna like approach any questions about dating people in wrestling that's not that's full of that's full of very different podcast
0: yeah i mean for future reference it's not something that bothers me to talk about so
1: but yeah so, uh, so have you got your word for matt fox I'm sticking with X.
0: We'll stick with X.
1: Yeah. It's all good. You you, you get on. It's fine. It's all good. Yeah.
0: We're we're friends. It's all cool. Uh, William Regal. Oh. um, The word that came to mind was best, but that's weird because I I don't like No Shades of William Regal. I don't think he is the best. Love him to pieces. Fantastic wrestler. Like, yeah. Okay. uh, He must be the best at something in my mind for me to think of that, but yeah.
1: Fair enough. The, uh, the bevy weight drill.
0: <laughs> um, I just think of wig accents when I think of drill.
1: Has he introduced you to a wig and kebab yet?
0: No. What's a wig and kebab?
1: It's a, it's a deep fried pie in a bap or barn cake or whatever you want to call it. It's cob. I don't know.
0: Oh, Wow.
1: Oh, it's it's disgusting. It's full-on disgusting, but he swears by it. So. I
0: thought pie bombs were pushing the boat out, but uh, yeah, now we can deep fry them too. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. um, Kenny Omega.
0: I love Kenny Omega so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm a massive mark for Kenny Omega.
1: So should we just yeah. put like a little love heart around it? No words, just a little love heart.
0: Yeah, or like that, you know, that heart eyes emoji. that that is that is what I turn into when I think of Kenny Omega
1: I can't I can't deny he's a very cool good looking dude and he's really nice I've met him once he's really sound
0: did you actually meet him once?
1: yeah he was in uh, Manchester I can't remember Manchester somewhere he's very short but he's just really nice really sound short how short? No, in terms of the the meeting of him was only short
0: oh I thought you meant he was short then I was like he doesn't look like
1: it if you meet him and you end up marrying him i'm sure you'll be fine height wise don't worry about it
0: oh yeah because for those who don't know i am quite
1: tall I'm, I'm, how tall do i ask uh
0: five foot
1: nine mm, yeah I suppose that's not too i mean see my missus is six one and i'm six one and so somehow i'm six one and short that doesn't even make sense
0: <laughs> yeah but i get what you mean
1: yeah, it's used to to, to, uh, to my mum at my dad's funeral of all places the first time to meet her. She's like, oh, you're tall. Cheers, mum.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> nice like she didn't already one. know. Yeah, like, like she was walking around going, well, I'm smacking my head on top of door frames. I wish someone would have pointed it out. Cheers, dad. Nice one, yeah. Cheers, <laughs> mum. My mum will never listen to this podcast. I can say what I want. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. A uh, couple more. Chris Jericho.
0: Uh, greatest of all time.
1: Lance Rivera
0: he's a handsome
1: boy you have to say boy don't you
0: i have to i feel like with lance and jack i have to refer to them as boy because if i say if i don't say it like that people will take it the wrong way so i'm just like they are handsome boys spelt boi
1: oh god that, uh, I, have to,
0: I have to say it like that
1: <laughs> i'm gonna swiftly move on from that i'm not cool enough it. to put an i where why should be keith myatt
0: he's cool keith myatt's cool Disciple? Ginger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't so know what it says about him.
0: I'm so sorry, Disciple. <laughs> oh. he, he has got a good personality under that ginger it hair. Is, he's a nice guy.
1: He, yeah, he's the nicest guy like in the world. Just an absolute sweetheart of a guy. And he comes out like a bulldog on Valium. Just miserable as sin. Love him to bits.
0: Oh, he's great.
1: Uh, Zach Gibson? Talented. Jack Sinclair,
0: big strong boy.
1: <laughs> and last but not least, I had to finish on this one. Andy Baker,
0: uh, trainer. He is my trainer, my mentor, as it were. Okay. And he's put up with me for all these years, so there's that.
1: Uh, that's that's fair. I, I put a couple of little notes next to a couple of my I guess the Kenny Omega one, uh, Jericho one, and, and a couple of the others. Uh, even even the Matt Fox about X next to it, so uh, yeah, I think we're on the same page with a couple of these. I think we've done pretty decent.
0: Yeah, well, what what are your thoughts on these people?
1: Hey, well, that's that's for like a completely different podcast, isn't it? This podcast is all about you. This is just me chatting with some awesome, awesome people. So, yeah, you know, uh,
0: okay.
1: If people want to do another podcast and ask me some stuff, I am cool with that. But this episode, episode four, is all about you.
0: Ah. Thank
1: know, you. I'm, I'm really more than welcome. well look I think we've literally come to the end of uh, episode four thank you so very very much if you got anything that you want to uh, either promote or anything you want to say to any fans anything you, you want to put over
0: um I'm on social media I'm on Twitter at Stacy Rose on Instagram at I am Stacy Rose and facebook.com forward slash I am Stacy Rose uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, all I can say is keep an eye out on the social medias for for returns to wrestling and things like that because who knows when we're going to be allowed to see each other again.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, wash your damn hands as well. Stay inside and wash your hands because I want to. I want to get back to wrestling, and the sooner we all do that, the sooner I can get, can get back to wrestling, and you can get back to wrestling shows as well. So
1: you can get back to being a cougar to your two. Young, strong boys.
0: My toy boys, yes.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> I've got no words. And I think that is an absolutely perfect line to finish on. stacy thank you so very much for doing this podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: Check out Pro Wrestling for You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at
1: pw4uondemand.co.uk.